There was a time of sea unicorns, valley cats, and yanks from the Isle of Staten. All played in bliss and harmony. They were greeted by families, friends, and fans who were there to see them take great steps to the new journey. Then, from high atop Mount Olympus, thunder rumbled and lightning cracked, and a voice was heard. The contraction begins now. The commissioner had spoken. Then, with another clap of thunder, the words were heard. You are exiled. Suddenly, the sea unicorns and the yanks from the Isle of Staten, the valley cats and the volcanoes all found themselves exiled, no longer seeing a path to the great Olympus of MLB. These minor leagues would now stand on their own, exiled from hope. The great MLB said no more. Okay, just another MLB fairy tale. 43 teams two years, what was it, three years ago? 43 teams three years ago basically were cut by MLB saying, I'm sorry you can no longer maintain affiliation with a parent company. You can no longer be affiliated with the Yankees, etc. You can play ball still where you're at, but we're cutting you loose. Well, that didn't do much for those communities who had bought into the whole idea of having a minor league team that was attached to a major league organization. And so they took him to court. Well, on today's show, we're going to sit down with the Honorable Lou Schiff and talk just about that. Because just this past week, the Department of Justice decided to step up and take an active role as a friend of the court. And they are intervening as a friend of the minor leagues. Just wanted to give you that as a primer to the conversation we're going to have here with Lou Schiff. So let's get started. Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and with me today is the Honorable Lou Schiff. I'm glad to have him here today. Lou, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful, Mark. Here we are in the Sunshine State and uh, nice weather, nice weather, and just a, a couple of days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. It's a great uh, time of the year. I tell you, man, I am ready. I'm ready. going to be hanging out there at the, the small fields and see if I can catch some of that. They're actually had the Rays playing at Tropicana this year for uh, most of their spring training. That's as a result of the hurricane. They, they still have some damage down at their ballpark. Yeah, that's, that's rough. You know, Lou, I'm really glad to have you here today because uh, obviously, you know, you're a judge for the, was the 17th Circuit here mm-hmm. in Florida, but also, you know, have being a author of Baseball and the Law and I'm wondering right now if law is going to be rewritten. I mean, we're looking at at an old law that's been going on for some time. I mean, gee, my knees, man. We're talking as far as the Sherman Act, uh, and and baseball is the only one who can basically run a monopoly where um, NHL, NBA, they don't have the same protection that MLB has gotten from the government. No, they don't. So it's a little interesting. It's a twist. And again, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to say is I'm not going to give you an opinion 
but more just to explain what's happening the best, the best that I can. So what you have here, and, and, and so let's take a step back. So we have a, a lawsuit that's been going on for a while that involves the contraction of minor league baseball. And, and you know, it, it, it seems like such a long time ago that we were talking about a lockout. It was a year ago that the lockout was beginning. And, and, you know, and now there's peace and harmony and everybody's holding hands and singing songs. And, and, and the major, you know, major league baseball is now going to a, a new format this year, as opposed to every team is going to play every other team, which is something that's, that's never happened before. So the, the big leagues have made peace. But what has happened over the last couple of years is that the minor league affiliates, there used to be 160 of those that there are now 120 minor league affiliates. And, and you can kind of think of them as kind of like franchises of, uh, oh, of, a, of your favorite fast food store or your favorite coffee shop. But the, uh, the big company gives somebody a license. Does this make sense to you? They give you a license and then you do certain things in accordance with the license. And like many franchises, the owner of the franchise is, is, is renewed every couple of years. And, and so every few years, they, 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 you know, you have the franchise, whether it's your local Dunkin' Donuts store. And I, I think a lot of times people are familiar with that. But you'll notice every couple of years you go into a Dunkin' Donuts and they're, they're remodeling it. And they're remodeling it, not because they really want to remodel it so much. They're remodeling it because if they want to stay holding a franchise, there's a contract with, with the, the home office up in Massachusetts that they have to remodel. And that money comes out of the pocket of the local owner. And so they remodel them and they look nice and fresh and new. And you go in and you, and you, and you grab your coffee and your donut and your bagel in the morning. Well, what Major League Baseball did is they told 40 cities that we're not going to renew your contract. We love you. Thank you very much. But we're doing a different business model. We're going we're gonna to do something a little bit different. And we thank you very much for playing along. And if you'll go out the side door, you'll see what, uh, we'll, you know, what, the, what parting gifts you get. So what happened is 120 teams are now left from 160. Major League Baseball says, thank you very much. We're, re we're even going to redo the way we do minor league baseball. They took them out of St. Petersburg. Some people lost their jobs over there yeah. and they contracted to 120 teams. That's still a lot of minor league teams, but they contracted to 120 teams. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but the major league baseball at the same time limited the draft. They, they reduced the number of rounds of the draft. Didn't they? They did. I couldn't tell you what that number is right off the top of my head, but they did. And I was like, my gosh, man, uh, it was a whole lot of change. So there was and a lot of change. Right. And, and so baseball changed the way they did the supply. So along comes uh, one of the teams out of Staten Island. They were cut. And as a result of, of cut, uh, I think there were 43 teams that were, were de-affiliated by Major League Baseball as part of that 2020 con contraction. So they go ahead and they turn around and they sue the league. Okay. Major League Baseball moves to dismiss the lawsuit. Now here we get to law that is 101 years old. 
It's a case called Federal Baseball Baltimore versus the National League of Professional Baseball. Now, why does the National League of Professional Baseball have to do, that case have to do with what's going on now? Very interesting. Baseball at that time in the, in the 1920s was the only sport that was, we had boxing in the United States, uh, but football wasn't football and basketball wasn't basketball and, 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 and truly America's pastime was baseball. And the courts were big fans of baseball because many of the justices had played baseball when they were young and they had played it in college themselves. And the issue what became, well, can you regulate baseball? Uh, the, the, the team from Baltimore, who was not absorbed by professional, the professional baseball leagues, filed a lawsuit saying you're taking away our right to do business. And they sued saying that uh, baseball had violated the Sherman Antitrust Act. This is an important fiction, I guess we can call it. The United States Supreme Court in 1922 said baseball is not, is not interstate commerce. <laughs> I, you, you chuckle. Why do you chuckle? I mean, because let's face it, for these today, you've got people from New York all the way out to California. Absolutely. And if you look at the sport today, it, 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 it says there is travel. But at the time, and there was travel, but there wasn't, radio was just starting to come into its own. Teams were not flying. They were taking trains to get to places. So what you had is the Supreme Court said, no, it's really not. The, the, the movement from city A to city B is really not part of what baseball is about. So it's not governed by the Sherman Antitrust Act. And that's important. 30 some odd years later in the Toulson case, the Supreme Court, through the uh, legal doctrine of stare decisis, meaning that we've already ruled on this, it's well-settled law, said in their opinion, when again, uh, Toulson was trying to, suing baseball for what, what happened to him and being taken out of baseball. And the court said, look, this is a, the antitrust exemption is a congressional issue. This is something that if Congress wants to regulate, Congress has every right to regulate. And, and so stare decisis, it stands. Uh, then you get to the Kurt Flood decision, which modified things a little bit, but not really. Congress then passed the Kurt Flood Act. But baseball still is baseball. The, uh, the lawsuit with the Oakland A's a few years ago with them moving, the federal courts upheld the move. But now you have, let's go to what we have today, is that in the lower trial court, the trial court dismissed the lawsuit by the minor league affiliates against Major League Baseball. Basically didn't even give them a trial, said no. Antitrust law, they're exempt. You can't sue them. They have a right to do this. You don't even get your day in court. Now, if a judge rules you don't get your day in court and the appellate courts think that the person should have had a trial, a judge can get reversed. And the appellate court would say, judge, um, you dismissed the case and you didn't give folks a right to have their trial. So, we're going to reverse you and remand the case to have a new trial. I'd like to ask you a question because I saw Anything the word. Anything you want. 
I saw the word revive allegations. And I thought, if you're going to take somebody back to court, is, it, is that what they were saying? That see the uh, see in the court filing, the club said they want the second U.S. Court, Circuit Court of Appeals to revive allegations that MLB abused its power in 2020. Maybe I'm getting ahead of everybody. No, we, we can go there. So they're, they're, they're asking the, the, the higher appellate court, which is a, the first step before this gets to the Supreme Court, to tell the lower court that they made a mistake and that they should have looked at issues that the lower court didn't want to look at. Okay. And, and having been a judge now, this is my, my 27th year. I, I, yeah. it happens. I have been reversed by appellate, uh, appellate court that has said just that, you know, hey, judge Schiff, uh, you missed an issue. You dismissed a case that case should not have been dismissed for that. Whatever reason, go back and, and redo it. And sometimes you get affirmed where the appellate court says, no, you did it all right. And the purpose of our justice system is to give a second set of eyes to a decision that a judge has made. That, right. that's, that's, in our, that's our constitutional right, to have a, a second set of eyes, to, to have another panel look at what another judge has done. And so now this is up before an appellate panel, the Second Circuit, and bring in the Department of Justice. Now, what does the Department of Justice have to do with this lawsuit? That, that, that's a question people are asking. And the Department of Justice is not a party to this lawsuit, okay? They, they are not a party. In other words, they weren't sued or they didn't bring the lawsuit. But what the Department of Justice has done on their own is they have filed what they call a friend of the court brief. It's an amicus brief. But I'll use, you know, I don't like using that. Uh, Mac, and what amicus curiae, I know the exactly oh, friend of the court. Right, friend of the court. And that's what it is. And, 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 and it happens very often. Now, whether or not the appellate court is going to look at it and welcome it, I, I, I don't know. I'm not the appellate court. But the Department of Justice is, you know, kind of putting its foot down and they're asking the, the appellate court to uh, limit the scope of baseball's antitrust exemption, stating that the, the court needs to define the exemption narrowly and decline to ex extend any scope beyond conduct that is central to the offering of professional baseball exhibitions. And that's out of what the, uh, the, the DOJ brief is. The, the, the Department of Justice is, is coming in and, and they're saying to the court, we want you to take a good look at this. Now, that could be, and this is where it's a speculation, and I, and I don't know. The Department of Justice got involved a little bit last summer by rattling swords saying they wanted to take a look at this. Now, it, it seems if we go back and look at some history, and there's some very funny videos of Casey Stangle and Mickey Mantle testifying. And if you can find those videos, I can get you the site. And if you want to put them up on your site, you can you can have your listeners watch these. Most videos. definitely. Most definitely. And, and so Mickey Mantle and Casey Stangle are testifying in front of Congress about the exemption. Because Congress was looking into taking away the exemption. And as, if you go back and look at history, you go back and look at when uh, William Shea wanted to start the Continental League in the in the late 1950s, early 1960s, when the Dodgers uh, and the Giants left New York, rather than Congress Act, baseball 
gave to some of these cities a new club. An example is when Lyndon Johnson was the ranking senator in the United States Senate, he was doing an investigation into Major League Baseball. He wanted to talk about and he convened hearings on taking away the exemption. Now, do you call this a coincidence or not? But two of the biggest people that wanted to uh, expand and, have, and do certain things, uh, William Shea, all of a sudden New York gets a team, which is now the Mets, and they named the stadium after him. Right. And then all of a sudden Houston gets the Colt 45s, which became the 45s, which we now know as, as the Astros. So Major League Baseball, it, my study, seems to indicate that they blink, they flinch. When faced with adversity, they try to settle. They try to settle. So to go back to our Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court has kind of made it abundantly clear in the past rulings, uh, the Toulson case, the flood case, that, that they're not going to touch federal baseball which is the well-established exemption. And again, they've kicked the ball, so to speak. And they've said, Congress, if you think that anything needs to be done, then you should do it. And, and so this is going to be a very slow, drawn-out appeal. If I had to guess, the, this, the, the appellate court's not going to make a decision this year. If they do, it'll come very late this year, maybe even at the, a year from now, we'll be talking about it. And of course, once the second uh, circuit makes uh, their decision, uh, there's going to be a move to, to, to bring it up to the United States Supreme Court to see what they have to say. And I can't predict what the Supreme Court uh, is going to say. Again, there's well-established law that says that they're not going to touch it. So we'll have to see about that. Well, it's interesting, Lou, when you think about that in the past, it's being said, hey, Congress, you want to do something about this? Do something about it. But there's been so much confusion there in the past. I mean, it was like the Great American Pastime Act. <laughs> you had both parties supporting this thing, only mm -hmm. to find out that it was, I won't say it was going to, it wasn't going to benefit anybody but the owners. Uh, you, they were talking about putting down players down to minimum wage or less and, and other things, I guess they could almost be working like waiters, you know, and, and mm -hmm. there was all these other little things in it. So all these people who were right behind the beginning, because man, the Americans pastime act, this sounds great. We're going right. to do so much for these folks and the fans. And slowly they walked away from it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's an education, but there, there hasn't really been an advocate in the past per se i mean i guess the players association marvin miller kurt flood all, i mean there has been advocacy don't get me wrong i don't know if we'll go into here and i know you've talked with some folks too as far as representing minor leaguers these days and i think that really you're and you know mark this really goes well into the minor league situation and and and, and it, it really pigeontails or dovetails into it because Go ahead, say what you're going to say about minor league baseball because things have changed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're not going to have you know six of you guys sleep on the floor on air mattresses, and uh, you know, right. yes, you can get whatever's out of the trash after the mm -hmm. game today, and that can be your meal. There's no life insurance, no medical, and if you get hurt, well, it's nice knowing you guys, but there's a bus right there for you. So why is there change? Because uh, Scott Brocious 
brought this lawsuit and Scott Brocious was the lead attorney who himself was a minor league player before he became an attorney, brings this lawsuit to, for the rights of minor league ball players, And it really chugs along at a snail's pace. Oh, yeah. I believe he filed that lawsuit sometime in 2013, 14, 15. It chugs along and some, and, and, and he's, they're fighting it out in the court and they're fighting it out in the court. And now Major League Baseball, after all these years of fighting, have finally agreed, we will allow there to be a, a union and the minor league ball players have, have won. They, they, they've won through a settlement. And most lawsuits, whether you are suing your neighbor for a reason, or you get involved in a car crash, or you think somebody owes you money because of a deal gone sour, 95% of all cases plus are eventually settled outside of court without a jury or a judge deciding the issue. And it seems that the tradition of Major League Baseball has been in in many cases is that they decided that they're going to settle this one. They, 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 there may be things they don't want to reveal. I don't know the issue. I don't know all the issues, obviously, but they thought everybody thought it was in their best interest to, to put down the swords and pick up paper and pen and, and save it. So this does have a lot. Minor League Baseball does have a lot to do with, with the, the players, with what's going on here as well. And, and, and I don't know, maybe baseball will agree to do something or compensate the teams that that they said, in other words, you have that Dunkin' Donut franchise, Mark, and and, <laughs> and, and, and for whatever reason, I decide I'm, I'm the head Dunkin' Donut guy or the, whatever the donut company is. And I said, well, we're not going to renew your franchise. Well, now you're left without a franchise. You could do one of two things. You could walk away and say, oh, well, or you could hire an attorney and say, let's see what we can get from the, the, the home office. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening now. Because there were, there's a lot of money that's invested in, in these minor league ball clubs. Again, Major League Baseball position was we have a right to pull the plug on you. The, uh, the minor league teams were, you know, this is, this, is, this is out. We own this. You can't take this from us. Well, and Lou, the thing you'd hear more and more from MLB is you can still have your team. You're just not going to be affiliated with us. You know, you're, you can still have your team. What's, what's wrong with that? Uh, and I think you have you and I think you spoke to Josh Schwab. You have you spoken with Josh. I have. I have. And, and I mean, Josh is a great person to talk to about this area because, as as maybe some of your listeners don't know, uh, Josh is the commissioner of the American Association of Independent Baseball, and they have about a dozen teams, maybe more, that go from Texas all the way up to Canada, yeah. basically in the central portion of the United States, Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, Kansas City uh, it was the St. Paul Saints, but then they became the AAA affiliates of the Twins when turned around and uh, absorbed the Saints to be their AAA team. But he, he runs this, this independent league where ball players can be selected from these independent teams to the minor league. So there's an affiliation but they are not directly controlled by Major League Baseball the way minor league is. And he certainly would be a good person to talk to to, to, to really get a good understanding on, on how, how that works. Yeah, I'll have to have him back here again. I know that. Uh, and he's an attorney, so he can explain it to you, you know, from the, from the law point as well. How come 
<laughs> How come I find so many people who are invested in baseball are invested in law as well? It just seems to be so many times hand in hand. It's, uh, I, I think it's the nature of the business. First of all, we have to remember baseball is a business. Okay. It's a billion dollar business. Right. Baseball is considering opening it up to let a couple of more teams in. Uh, what are they going to charge? A $2 million ant, a $2 billion ante. You know, that's, that seems about what Major League Baseball might want to charge. And, of course, that money goes to the owners and, and whatever they do with it. But it's a business. If you buy your, if you buy a house, uh, when I used to practice law, and people would come to me and go, do I need a lawyer? My answer would be, this is probably the most expensive investment that you have. Yeah. And I always used to say this to them this way. I... I've bought and sold property in my life and I'm a lawyer. And when I've bought and sold property, I hire a lawyer to represent me. I won't represent myself. Not that I can't, but I think it's best to have a, a, a good set of eyes looking at things that I might not see. Yeah. If you do, it, it's almost like editing when I do writing. I mean, I can read something and, I, and I'm sure your, 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 your listeners understand this. For the writers out there, when you write something, you read it back and you go, well, that looks right. But sometimes you, when you read it, you're reading words that you omitted because you know what it's supposed to say. Oh, yeah. It's always great to have an editor, a fresh set of eyes. And the same thing is true with, with any business. And, and when you're talking about a billion dollar business where, well, now, you know, we look at the regional sports network, Bailey's going to file bankruptcy if they haven't already done so. Yeah, Bailey's is, is, is in a mess. And there's lawyers involved there. You, every time uh, a ticket is sold, there's a lawyer behind that because we have the baseball rule and people getting hurt. Right. Uh, when a stadium is built, there's lawsuits regarding the construction of the stadium. There's contracts regarding uh, OSHA requirements, uh, handicap requirements. There's a great case out of Colorado from years ago where Colorado took away handicap seating. Oh, Colorado. Well, what Colorado tried to say is, well, we gave you other handicap seating, but what the, the Rockies had done is they took away some really nice seats and they took the nice seats away and they said, well, we have other handicap seats for you. And, and, and there's a lawsuit involved in that. <laughs> I'm certainly glad there was somebody calling them out. I mean, well, it, you're, you're they, they took expensive, they took an area where there was handicap seating and they, and they moved the handicap seating and they said, well, we used to have a handicapped area and those that couldn't go to those other seats. Well, no, these were, they, they weren't being genuine. Yeah. And, and I, I understand too, the, the need for somebody to, to make sure something's on the up and up, that if there's a contract, if there's agreement, if Absolutely. people just being civil to one another, that it helps to have an intermediary or somebody who can read it. We are, you know, we're, we're supposed to be nation of laws and, and we are supposed to follow those laws in a civil manner and, and be governed and regulated by those laws and, and, and rules. And that's what makes us different than other societies and we have a respect for the law and but there are fights you know there are fights where people disagree on what the law means and that's where the that's where the courts come in right that's why again we have appellate courts as well because if you feel that the judge made a legal error you have you have that absolute right to to ask another tribunal to review what the judge did and that's 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 all part of it yeah 
Let me ask you something else. The DOJ, do they normally get involved with anything like this with baseball? Or? That's the first time they've, they've done something like this that I'm aware of. I say it felt, felt new. <laughs> it, it does feel new. And so the pressure's coming. And, you know, again, baseball has that antitrust shield that they're holding up. And the DOJ is, is trying to, if not totally eliminate it, kind of maybe cut the corners, so to speak, you know, right. shave it down a little bit. This is going to take several years to get through the courts. Again, my guess is, well, you and I will talk about this again in three years. Mark, <laughs> it down, mark it down three years and it may not still be resolved. Yeah, you know, I was looking even today at the Washington Post and one of the things they had in the article, actually the beginning, it says, the, quote, the U.S. Justice Department asked a federal appeals court to narrowly consider Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption of filing made in a case involving four unlimited minor league teams. Well, we know the rest, but the, the narrowly consider. I was curious about what do you think that language meant? Narrowly consider Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption. I think what they mean by it, and I could be wrong because I haven't read everything that they submitted, but they they want the appellate court in their review not to allow baseball to expand any more that they already have and to cut right. things that to, and to, like I said, shave it back a little bit. Don't give them as much authority and power, but it still gets back to what, what they said originally in federal baseball and what they said in tools. And I say they, the Supreme court, Supreme court made it really clear. Look, give this to Congress. Congress made the Sherman antitrust yep. act. Congress can amend the Sherman antitrust act. And so that's where we are. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we'll be in the. I will talk about it in three years. I'll be a little bit grayer and you won't. And uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it then again. You mean I, I won't, won't have my hair, Lou? <laughs> oh, of course you will. <laughs> oh, brother. No, I tell you, I, I, it's something that's important to me because of how I feel like minor league players have been treated. And, you know, the less so I think about the, the owners, but. Uh, that affiliation means something. They didn't say you can't have a team. They just say you can't be affiliated. You, you and, can't have it. That's right. You can play. You can have a team. You just can't have a, a one of our teams. So you that's can't. Right. So here's what we're saying to you. You have the lease for the coffee shop. We didn't say you can't have a coffee shop. We're just saying that eh, we don't want your coffee. We, we don't need you over there anymore. It wasn't generating enough business for us. Our agreement has come to an end. So if you want to open up a coffee shop, Go right ahead and open up a coffee shop. You can use that, you know, if you if it's your lease, it's your building. You may you may have a lease with the landlord. And so go ahead and uh, put in another coffee shop if that's what you want to do. It's just not going to sell our brand of coffee and donuts. And, you know, and some would say, well, it's all about the community. So why should that matter? Well, I think a big part of that is because the affiliation is part of the attraction because you're coming and you're saying, oh, I'm going to see these young men who may be in the, in the show in another year or two. Right. And the attractiveness of it, you bond with the people uh, in your in your communities, those early summer leagues where, where families house some of the minor leaguers. I guess that'll change now that they'll have a little bit more of an allowance. But it's 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 kind of like these ball players are a lottery ticket. How many of these players are we going to watch play now in four years are going to make it big? And I can say I remember them. And look, here's a picture of me and. Me and him, you know, hanging out after a game. You know, you take pride in that. And 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 so these these cities that have lost their team, 
have, have lost that pride. And the owners, again, it's about the dollars, as I say, it's about oh, the yeah. measurements. The owners are now, they don't have what they used to have and they want money. And they, and they, you know, they may wine, they may turn around, they meaning Major League Baseball and, and the teams that don't exist anymore. Uh, Major League Baseball may wind up, <laughs> excuse me, writing checks to all the various former teams and everybody go their own way. And go, okay, we're happy now. Yeah, we're not concerned about antitrust anymore. All right, you gave us what we were looking for. You know, we, we wanted three years of revenue. Okay, you've given it to us. I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> I can definitely see that happening. I really, really can, unfortunately. Right. It's, it's, because it just becomes a, a business decision for a lot of those owners mm-hmm. instead of actually achieving something that's going to have a long-lasting effect for all. But It's a business. There you go, it's brother. It's a business. It's a business, okay? It is. It's a business. That's what this is. And, 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 and I'm a patron. You're a patron of the business. Sometimes it's frustrating. We feel a vested interest in the business. But as Craig Calcaterra wrote in his book, why are we so dedicated to one team in his reinventing fandom book? Which There's I hardly recommend to anybody if you haven't read Cal- Craig Calcaterra's book. It's an enjoyable read. It's a it's a weekend kind of a read. You can start on a Friday night and be done. It'd be done uh, Sunday morning, you know, type of thing. Sit, sitting on the porch, or if you're in cold weather right now, you know, it's snowed in. It's a it's a good. It's a nice. It's a nice read to to make you think twice about why why am I rooting for uh, orange and blue simply because I went to the University of Florida, right? Why am I rooting for the Marlins? Because, well, you know, they're my local team. Why why should I root for my local team? You know, why shouldn't I just root for, you know, follow certain players instead of teams? I, I'm with you right there too. He, I felt like after having read that, he gave me permission to be a quote, Fairweather fan. Yes, <laughs> yes. Have you had him on as a guest? I did. He's, yeah. he's great. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful gentleman. And, and yes, you know, you, you feel guilty. You know, you oh, the game's on. I got to listen to it. Why? I don't know why. It, it, it's more like that for, for, for Gator football with me. Oh, yeah. So when Gator football is on, and I still have my season tickets that go back 40 some odd years, and I don't go to all the games, but it's like I have this obligation to sit on my couch. And, 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 and watch a game, even though they were terrible the last year or two. But you have this obligation. Why? I don't know. Why I went to school there. You know, orange and blue. Well, I guess, like you said, we'll be sitting here and finding out in three years. Maybe, yeah, maybe it'll we'll, be an answer. We'll have, it's like a soap opera. You know, you turn <laughs> off the soap opera and you turn it on a year later and you go, they're still in that divorce? I thought they were getting divorced. How come that divorce isn't final? They're, they're still litigating the divorce? I still haven't figured out who's got possession of the dog. That, uh, oh boy, that's a, that's an issue. But we'll get another day for another story, right? Who owns the pets? Yeah, boy, I've yeah, had boy. those cases. Yeah, who owns the pets? God bless you. <laughs> oh man, Lou. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, man, for coming out here today and uh, taking a look at what's going this, on with the deal. It's fun. It's it's always fun when you're here, brother. It's, it's yeah. good. You got to, you know, you still have that invitation to come on down. South Florida and then catch a ball game with me and the six other people that are going to show up. Oh, oh, well, the good news is your tickets got you going to the world baseball classic, my friend. I am. I have, I do have seats for the world baseball classic, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to going, uh, the last time they were in Miami, well, they got canceled because of 
you know, COVID. But right. the last time they were in Miami, it was, and then I started watching it on TV, and I go, "This is exciting stuff!" Oh yeah, you know, all these ball players are playing for their their home country, and and the pride they exhibit. Here's my prediction: There's 15 World Baseball Classic games in Miami. There's a good chance that the attendance in those 15 games will be very close to the entire attendance for all 81 home games oh. for the Marlins this year. Oh, well, I think. I mean, I, I, it is what it is. I mean, I I, I, I'm, I'm a Marlins season ticket holder, but who wants to come and, I don't know, see Washington Nationals and the Marlins on a Tuesday night in July? <laughs> Really? Who, who's going to come to that? No, no, I hear you. I, I was talking with Matt Germain recently, and he said, you know, Mark, I think it might be like the World Cup in soccer. I think that it might get some real excitement across the world. And the this World Baseball Classic, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. You can see Shohei Otani and Trout on the opposite sides of the field. Mark, that's an excellent point. You know, and, and, and so uh, in, the, in, the, in the Miami pool, the first round is Venezuela and Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico, and Israel. I think those are the four teams. Maybe there's a couple more. But there's so much excitement. And some of those games were already sold out. And we're talking first-round games sold out. Well, I can believe it. I know a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at pricing, there was a small one, a country I wouldn't normally thought of, I think, Israel, and some another one. And it's like, okay, the it wasn't so much. But if I look at Iraq was also here as well, I think. But if I saw Dominican Republic or Venezuela, you know, Mm -hmm. Those were doing those were doing real well because one of the things is if you I did a study recently looking at where players come from in the MLB. Not surprisingly, seventy percent of them have come from the U.S. But the next two or three after that, you're looking at Dominican Republic, you're looking at Venezuela, and you're looking at Puerto Rico is the origin of where a lot of these people come from. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there is those guys have built MLB, and so the excitement is there from people in this country and people from from their own countries. They love to see themselves being represented by a guy who's who's made it to the show. Mark, you're absolutely right, and there's this this pride in your country, whether you were born in that country or you had family that you know, that, that, that was born in that country and that's your heritage. There's just pride to go, to go see that. I think you're right. It's, it's baseball's world cup. I I think it's going to be fun. You know, it would be really exciting to see the the final four team, Japan, United States in, in there, you know, maybe Japan and the United States playing for the finals. That would be, that would be a lot of fun. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Lou. And again, I want to thank you for being here today, buddy. Anytime, uh, Mark. It's great to it's great to talk with you. I want to have you back soon. You know, we'll talk about, we'll we'll talk about jazz being on the show. We'll talk about Kim Ang and the rest of it on another time. Okay, thanks again, Lou. Take care, man. Mark, it's always good. Seriously, and I, and I mean it. Come down here. You know, even if I don't go to a game with you, if you need tickets for a ball game. Even if I ha- I can get extra tickets, even if my tickets are being used by somebody, if you want to come down and, and watch a game, you know, just just let me know. We'll okay. pick a time. We'll pick a time. There's 81 games, and I can't go to all of them. <laughs> okay. Not anymore. I used to go to like 50 or 60 games a year, but those days are over. Thanks again, Lou, and uh, we'll be talking again with you real soon. Thanks, Mark. Be safe. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. I want to thank the Honorable Lou Schiff for joining us today. He's a judge in the 17th Circuit Court in Florida. He's also co-author of the book Baseball in the Law, an adjunct professor at Hamlin, and a lifetime baseball enthusiast. 
Lou shares his love of the game and Law Daily with you guys and all of us with stories on Twitter. You can find him on there with his handle at Baseball and Law. I want to thank you again today for joining Baseball Biz. We hope you enjoy hearing this show, and if you'd like to leave us some comments, go right ahead. You can also reach me, Mark, at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, of course, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so all those great places and more. And just want to thank you again for joining us today. I look forward to talking with you again real soon. Special thanks to X-Take RUX for the music rocking forward.